from E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town. We're continuing to celebrate 30 years on the air. This week, we're featuring songs from Langhorn Slim, Jackie Green, Casey Musgraves, Willie Nelson and the Family Band, and more. I'm Helen Forster. Right now, here comes our host, Nick Forster. Thanks, Helen. Welcome to E-Town celebrating the joys and discoveries of the archives this week from our 2016 season. Every time you hear one of these songs this week, I want you to remember that every musician or band that you're going to hear, they most likely got on an airplane, flew to Denver, got picked up by one of our staff or volunteers. They checked into the Boulderado Hotel a few blocks away. They came over to sound check in the afternoon. They rehearsed with a house band for no more than an hour. They met the other musicians on the show. They came up with a song to sing together at the end. They rehearsed that and then came back out on stage, played their songs, got interviewed by me on stage in front of an audience, which is something many of them had never done before. Then they sang and played the finale. And then uh, we all went to the cast and crew party at the Boulder Auto Hotel afterwards. And it's a big commitment. It's a big day. They all did it. And we're so grateful that they did. We worked hard to uh, make sure it was as fun as it could be. We also tried to make sure that the food was good. And in general, it uh, seemed like people had a good time. But I just know that it was a lot. So every time you hear one of these songs, you now know what that day was like. This first set of music includes a song from Langhorn Slim, a Sun Little's haunting version of the Stone song, Play With Fire, that I join him on. And up first... A song from Jackie Green and his band, live on stage at E-Town from 2016. We're going to have Nick join us on this one. Uh, This one's uh, not from our most recent record. This is from a, a record of a few years back. It's called Shaken. i 
first big show that I ever went to, I think, my sister took me to in 1969. We went to the Rolling Stones show at Madison Square Garden. It was pretty big stuff for me, 14-year-old me. And I was talking with Son Little backstage, and we imagined doing a Stones song in kind of a different way. And maybe, I think, we're going to try it now and see if we can do this. Don't you play with 
some other But you better watch your step, girl Or I start living with your mother So don't you play with me Cause you're playing with fire No, don't you play with me Cause you're playing with fire Don't you play with me Cause you're playing with fire No, don't you play with me Cause you're playing with fire Welcome back to E-Town, Langhorn Slim. All right, well, this is a song off of our last record called The Spirit Moves, and it's based on a poem by the great James Cavanaugh. The book and the poem are called There Are Men Too Gentle to Live Amongst Wolves, and it's a beautiful, beautiful poem. my money on that old blind horse She can't see but she knows the course I know some people who have seen it all Yet their hearts beat behind walls Tough enough to run with the bulls Yet I'm too gentle To live amongst wolves Came for passion, I came for the truth Came for the sweat Piss and the proof I know some people who are so smart Yet they build pillars around their hearts I'm tough enough to run with the bull
kissed your cheek We'll be back with the Great Achievement Award story after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. As a reminder, for your viewing pleasure, there are over 2,000 videos on the E-Town YouTube channel where you can also subscribe in order to stay up to date with our latest offerings. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. Welcome back. We are now going to visit one of our favorite Achievement Award stories from our 2016 season. Here comes Helen to tell you more about this week's winner. Thanks, Nick. Our story this week is about a man who's devoted his life to saving an endangered species where he lives. Edwin Sabuhoro had a challenging childhood as a refugee in Rwanda, living in poverty and hiding from the armed forces of Idi Amin. Yet, he managed as a young adult to go to college and eventually have a career in environmental law. One day, a chance face-to-face encounter with a gorilla in the wild inspired him to leave that profession and become a warden at Volcanoes National Park in Rwanda. His job there was to protect the endangered mountain gorillas, but he quickly saw that the system for catching and prosecuting poachers was limited. The area to be covered was too vast and the number of poachers too great for the relatively few wardens to make a real dent in the problem. Edwin decided to talk to the poachers directly to find out why they poached in the first place. And he discovered that for so many, it was the only way for them to make enough to feed their families. So he created alternatives for them to enable them to walk away from poaching altogether. And it's working. Now Edwin's here with us in person to tell us more, so please welcome all the way from Rwanda, Edwin Sabuhoro. Edwin, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. So um, Helen mentioned that you yeah. were a refugee and, and yes. hiding. So t- tell yeah. me a little bit about your, your childhood before we get started. Here. I was born in a refugee camp 
as a result of my parents leaving the country yeah. because of the history of wars and fighting and turmoil. And because of that, they had to run for their safety and ended up in a refugee camp in Uganda. And um, I saw the horrors of yeah. poverty, of not having a country, of running around in bushes, being chased um, by the regimes of Idamini. And through that, we suffered a lot, but uh, lived on the dreams of a mother who believed and hoped that things would be better. The dreams of your mother. Exactly. Yeah. And so were there lots of people in the refugee camp? Hundreds, thousands? Yeah, thousands of people. Thousands, yeah. Thousands of people. And you lived in just trying to be fed and stay healthy and... Survive. Survive, yeah. Survive, yeah. Someone told me you didn't have shoes when you were a kid. I had no shoes, I had no clothes. So we, we had to move through the jungles in Uganda, in Congo, yeah. uh, trying to survive. I remember I had only one trouser and a shirt for, for years. And I had to take care of that to make sure, because if I don't have it, then that, that's it. Okay. Yes. One pair of pants, one shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So then you managed to get through that and survive and, I, yep. and thrive in a way because you found your way to school. We found our way to school. Our mother kept encouraging us to work hard in school. And we did work so hard and um, I became a lawyer. And then you became an environmental lawyer, which was something yep. that was probably not the most... Um, it wasn't the easiest way to make money, but it was probably something that was close to your passion, right? Yep. And Helen mentioned a remarkable encounter that you yeah. had yeah. In, in the jungle. What was that about? It was an encounter with mountain gorillas that changed my life. Mm -hmm. That was at a time when poaching was increasing at all, and uh, we have only 800 mountain gorillas left in the world. Oh, wow. So when I went in the park, the, the gorillas sat there, and one of the silverback looked at me and pointed in his foot where he had a wound out of a snare. And looking at him in the eyes was the question, what are you doing to save me? Wow. And that changed my life, and I promised him right there that I will do everything I can to protect you and your siblings. Amazing. In case you just tuned in, you're listening to E-Town. I'm here with uh, Edwin Sabuhoro. So what you were describing is the fact that this population is diminishing yep. down to 800. Yes. And this is a time where you made this commitment to a silverback gorilla, eye-to-eye, yeah. face-to-face. Yeah. -face. You said, okay, to yourself, I'm going to do this. Yeah. So how did you interact with the poachers? How did you find them, and how did you start communicating with them as a, as a game warden? At the time, what changed my life was the year was 2004, uh, when we lost um, gorillas, and the baby was taken away, stolen. So we got information that uh, somebody was selling a baby gorilla at $2,000. Oh. So I had to pretend that I was a buyer mm -hmm. coming from Kenya, mm -hmm. speaking you know, Swahili and other languages, that I'm coming to buy the baby gorilla. Mm -hmm. So I met these poachers, I negotiated with them, talked to them, they believed me. Mm -hmm. I told them we have to go to the car and they give you more money, and we had worked with the police and the military and they got arrested. And under the law you face a life sentence. Oh wow. So I felt so good that um, I had saved the baby gorilla, but when I went home and slept in the morning, I thought twice. I said, but I've done well. I've saved this baby. But what about these people? I lied to. And they faced a life sentence. They believed me, mm -hmm. and I caused them trouble to go to jail. And so now he's in jail, and his family will suffer as a result exactly. because he's in jail. Yeah. 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 So then you have a double you know, weight on your conscience. Exactly. How am I going to save both of these <laughs> populations, the poachers and the gorillas? Yeah. And it's like, yes, yeah. you're stuck in the middle. What did you do? I went back to talk to the parents of these uh, young men that were arrested. Yeah. I said, why are you doing this? Why are you killing the girls? Why are you killing wildlife? One of the old men said, look, I have all these kids. 
and feeding? If it were you, would you rather let them die and save the gorillas, or would you kill, or have anything you could do to save your children? What would you do? I said, well, no, I think I will save my children. Right. He said, that's what we do. We try our best, whether to kill gorillas or other animals, to feed our children. Mm-hmm. And that's the time I went and said, I've resigned my job to figure out what I can do to change this situation. Right. I lived with them in their families. Wow. And through that, I learned a lot of pain they were going through. And it kind of reminded me of the pain I went through when I was young. Right. So I started a project called Turning Poachers to Farmers. I had made my savings, which were $2,000. I went and got out that out of my bank account and brought them that money to farm yeah. instead of killing wildlife yeah. and grow food. And in a year, we had raised enough food to feed the poachers that poaching was reducing in the park. Wow. And I, after that, I said, well, then what do we do when it's not the season for farming? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, how about we train women to do baskets that they can sell to tourists who are coming to these areas? How about we get these youth and train them how to do crafts? That's cool. Through that, we were able to raise money, and the poachers started seeing, well, so we can make money, feed our families, support our kids to school, and still save the gorillas. Yeah. I've been in the, on this for 15 years, yeah. and I've seen the trend change that's poaching going down, and since then, we have not had any single incidence of a killing of gorillas. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Are you able to, um, to monitor the population of the gorillas a little bit to see whether it's, is it stable or is it increasing just a little bit? What has happened, actually, every year we have over 15 babies born and they leave. Oh, wow. Wow, so it's turning around. It's turning around. And we are now getting communities from other countries in Africa facing the same challenges and threats coming to learn from us. Yeah. How did you do this? That's great. How can we take this yeah. to our communities? Because it doesn't even necessarily mean gorillas. There's lots of poaching of yes. all kinds of species yes. in different parts yeah. of the country all throughout that region. Yeah. Do you have poachers who become spokespeople who used to be poachers and now they're kind of converted and they say, wow, well, this is great and I used to do this and now I'm doing this thing? Now what happened actually after that, we started now getting poachers going to work with the rangers. Yeah. Giving them information. Yeah. And it was the first time in my career here in communities say, these are our gorillas, yeah. and we are going to protect them. Oh, that's really cool. There's a pride in A this. pride in that, yeah. 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 I know, speaking of pride, in 2010, you were asked to go to the White House to meet yes. the president. Yes. Uh, when I got in the White House, I took time to reflect back on my life. Mm-hmm. I started listening to the voices of my mother, right. giving me that hope that tomorrow things will be better. Wow. It's a really inspiring story, Edwin, and I'm so glad you were able to share it with us. Thank you. Once again, that's this week's guest, Edwin Sabuhoro from Rwanda, a real innovator, creative problem solver. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Up next, we're going to hear from Hayes Carl, but first, really talented singer-songwriter from the Pacific Northwest. Here comes Noah Gunderson on stage at E-Town from 2016. Uh, Nick and Helen and the band are going to help me out with this last one. (laughs) 
Welcome to E-Town from Austin, Texas, Mr. Hayes Carl. First of all, welcome, Hayes Carl, welcome to E-Town. Thank you, it's great to yeah, finally man. be here. I've been, I've been listening for years and it's a real honor to finally be on the show. So. Does it kind of look like what it sounds like? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> You pictured a huge auditorium full of people, or I don't know. You never know. Oh, this is perfect. That's the beauty of radio. Um, how old were you when you first started writing songs? 
I wrote my first song when I was oh, 16, I think. It was an ode to Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> wow, that's so honest of you. Yeah, I, to share I, that. I stopped lying about it yeah. recently. I figured it's just, I am what I am. And, and uh, <laughs> it was called Jimmy, I Wanna Sail With You. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it answers my question in a kind of roundabout way, which was, you know, is it daunting to think about writing songs when you grow up in Texas, knowing that all these songwriters came out of this zone, and uh, apparently not? Ah, well, <laughs> I was very aware of country music, but I wasn't so aware of the history of songwriters from Texas. Yeah. It was, you know, my late teens, early 20s, I started to be cognizant of the fact that all these amazing writers had kind of come from the same territory. Yeah. And when I was 22, I moved down to Galveston, Texas, and stumbled on this bar called the Old Quarter Acoustic Cafe. It was owned by a guy named Rex Bell, who played bass for Towns Van Zandt and Lightning Hopkins. And it was just this songwriter room, and that's where I got my education about songwriters and became aware of Blaze Foley and Willis Allen Ramsey and uh, Guy Clark and Steve Earle and Towns Van Zandt and all, all these people that, you know, were really monumental in, yeah. in shaping the songwriting genre. And people were coming through, you know, like, I met Ray Wiley Hubbard, I met Vince Bell, I met uh, Steve Fromholtz, and uh, wow. just all these guys would come through and, and, and I was fortunate to get to meet some of them and then go out and play shows with them. And it opened me up to this whole world that I didn't really know existed, that you could yeah. go out, write your own songs, and that there were audiences who would listen to them and uh, that I didn't have to play Margaritaville every night. Right. Wow. I met a couple of people that really changed my path. Uh, one was a band called Sisters Morales. They started taking me out and letting me open for them. Mm -hmm. And then I, the other one was Ray Wiley Hubbard. Uh, and he started taking me out as well. And that opened a whole lot of doors for me. And, and we became friends and yeah. did some writing together. And, and it was a really big thing for me. He's got such a great skill of being both... Um, uh, lively, energetic, silly, and completely deep all at the same time. Yeah. Um, I played a gig last week with a couple of guys from Nashville, Luke Bulla and Sam Grisman. They both play in Leanne Womack's band. Mm -hmm. And they told me about uh, her version of a song of yours that not only is a great song and her version is killer, but it's also um, nominated essentially for two Grammys this year, you as a writer and she as a performer. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not on your new record, but do you still play it sometimes? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You want to do that? I'd love to. Okay. Let's do that. Let's play some more music. Welcome back, Hayes Carl. All right. Well, Nick and Helen and the E-Town Band are going to join me for this one. This is called Chances Are. Chances are I took the wrong turn Every time I had a turn to take And I guess I broke my own heart Every chance I had a heart to break And it seems I spent my whole life Wishing on the same unlucky star But as I watch you cross the barroom well, I wonder 
Thank you, Hayes Carl, Noah Gunderson. You know, the Birds of Chicago, the band, the Birds of Chicago, they played the very first show we ever recorded here at E-Town Hall. And right now we're going to hear a song from them when they came back to visit a few years later in 2016. Live on stage from E-Town Hall, the Birds of Chicago. We're so honored to have Helen and Nick and the wonderful E-Tones joining us. What a treat. Well, at midnight, then down a billion stars, then there was one. Twilight, midnight, then down a billion stars, then there was one. We watched you fade, dim star of the Palisades, drowning in the sun. Oh. 
We'll be back with a visit to Willie Nelson's bus after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who are hearing E-Town on stations like WRSI in Northampton, Massachusetts, on KENW in Portales, New Mexico, and on WIUM in Macomb, Illinois. As always, if you'd like to know anything about what we're up to here at E-Town, there's lots of stuff online at etown.org. I'm Nick Forster. Welcome back. We went down to Denver six years ago to meet up with Casey Musgraves and Willie Nelson and the family band. It was a huge crowd on a summer night. Colorado had legal weed by that time, and Willie was just getting in on the retail business side of it. He had also just released a record that was a tribute to one of his favorite singers who became both his boss very briefly and his good friend, and that's Ray Price. So uh, come with me now as we go literally onto Willie's bus and visit with the one and only Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson, great to see you. Thanks for being part of E-Town. Glad to be here. I want to talk about Ray Price. All right. How old were you when you first heard a Ray Price song? Gosh, I don't really know. Yeah. It's been so long ago. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of like been in the background for a yeah. long time. And I remember when he left the Hank Williams band. So I, that's how far back, you know, right. I go with Ray Price. He used to be Hank Williams' roommate, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then and, he fronted, uh, he fronted then, the Drifting Cowboys for a while. That's right. Yeah. That's right, he did. Yeah. And um, when you got to Nashville, you got a gig working as a writer for his company, right? He had a publishing company called Pampera Music. Pampera Music, yeah. And uh, he had heard through... Uh, 
Hank Cochran, who's a yeah. writer there, that uh, there was a pretty good writer in town that he might want to yeah. sign up for Pamper. And so we got to be friends that way. And then Johnny Paycheck had quit him out on the road. Or right. Back then, I think he was Johnny Austin or Donnie Young or whatever he was going by back then. And Ray said, uh, can you play bass? And I said, well, sure. Can't everybody? <laughs> <laughs> You made a lot of bass players angry, probably. I probably <laughs> did, you know. But I asked him, you know, years later, if he knew that I wasn't a bass player, he said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't fool him. So I'm asking you about Ray Price because of the new project, you know, the new record, the Absolutely. tribute to Ray Price. Is For the good out. times, yeah. For the good times. And uh, you recorded it with the uh, Time Jumpers in right. Nashville. That must have been fun. And also Bergen Wyatt did the other half oh, yeah. of the strings. Yeah. That's right. It, oh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, you know, the time jumpers are incredible. Vince Gill's guys, you yeah. know, they're the best. And uh, you stayed connected to Ray all these years, didn't you? Well, yeah, we were good friends, and uh, we hung out together. You yeah. know, when I was, you know, the time we worked together with him. And then after that, every chance we got, we'd work shows yeah. together. Just good friends. Do you think people remember him as a singer, or do they remember just that 4-4 shuffle that was kind of like well, the Ray Price sound? Most people I know know him as the singer. Yeah. What a great voice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that record is coming out, and I know you're always recording. You're always making new things. It wasn't that long ago you made the record with uh, Merle Haggard, the mm -hmm. Django and Jimmy record. That yeah. must have been a fun project. And, of course, the Gershwin record. Right. I've been and, busy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> You have been busy for a long time. And two new books, too, or two relatively new books, uh, biographies. Yeah, that's what I hear. Every time I turn around, they put out another something. Yeah, know. well, that, what ha that's what happens if you live long enough. I guess enough so. Yeah. To have so many good stories. Yeah, that's, that's the secret of being a legend. You just got to live. Right. <laughs> well, you got to do a little more than that. In case you just tuned in, I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. I'm here with Willie Nelson. How's your guitar holding up? Sure's doing about Sugar's as good as I am, I yeah. think, or maybe a little better. <laughs> and uh, and of course, here we are in Colorado, and there's big changes going on here. And yes, there is. You've got an interest in all the legal pot stuff that's going on here with Willie's Reserve, right? Yeah, I figured I'd bought enough of it, and I'm gonna sell some back. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you uh, do you have a hand in the actual product itself? Do you? It has your name on it, so well, it's I have a, to sample all the products, right? <laughs> That's the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is an exciting time for you. Just seems like the world is catching up to you in some ways. Yeah, and I'm not surprised that it did. I'm kind of surprised it took so long. Yeah, you know? and it's still going, obviously, in other states like Texas. Well, yeah, there's still places where they yeah. haven't realized, you know, how much money they're missing out on. And right. uh, once they see how Colorado, California, Oregon, everybody's doing, they might say, well, maybe we should give this yeah. a try, you know. Ray Price got busted for pot one time along the way, didn't he? <laughs> he sure did. Yeah. yeah, he sure did. You gave him some words of encouragement? or Oh, I don't know what good advice I could give anybody <laughs> about. <laughs> well, I, I just uh, I think it's remarkable that you're still making such good music and you're still so busy and on the road all the time. Yeah. The band is, uh, you know, you've got a new bass player in the last few years, relatively new. Four, Kevin's years. doing great, yeah. yeah. And uh, that's you've had about the steadiest band of anybody in the history of music, probably. Well, I've had some good 
guys and gals, you know, sister Bobby and I, we've right. been playing music together all yeah. our lives. So the fact that we're still out there every night, that's great. Right. And uh, Mickey's been there with us and Paul, yeah. you know, we're a pretty tight family group. Did Bobby help you when you were playing in the uh, the Bohemian Polka Band and things like that? Was she playing around in that kind of music when you were kids? Well, we learned a lot of that. Yeah, and I yeah. learned practically everything I know. You know, listening to her play uh -huh. whatever, whatever Stardust yeah. or polkas or shottishes or all that because she knew all that. Yeah. Let me ask you one more thing about the Django piece because I know Django Reinhardt was a big inspiration for you. Do you ever play one of those guitars like Django's? I think I have. I'm yeah. not really sure. You know, yeah. there's uh, you know, there's been a few ripoffs along the way, so right. you, you don't really know for sure. Yeah, I have a copy of one of those things. Yeah, I learned how to play nuage. Good. You know, that ain't easy. Yeah. Did you sit down as a kid and try to learn what he was actually doing, or was it just music that inspired you? Well, when I first heard him, I immediately started trying to rip him off every way yeah. I could. Yeah. And I found out that he was playing a lot of things I'd never heard before. Yeah. And he wasn't that easy to copy. Yeah. But I studied some of those things, Nuage and Vuinois and some of those things. Right. And uh, even after he had gone to an electric guitar, which made it easier for me to understand what yeah. he was doing. Yeah. He's a, an absolutely unique stylist, but you are too. You know, you've managed to be such a distinctive singer, absolutely recognizable, a completely distinctive guitar player, and in some ways a very distinctive songwriter too. I mean, all three, nobody gets to do all three, but, <laughs> but you did. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for being with us. We're going to get back to hear more music. Great to have you back Thank on E-Town. Thank you. It's good to talk to you again. Thanks, Willie. Crazy, crazy for feeling so lonely. Thank you very much. And I'm crazy. Crazy for feeling so blue. I knew you loved me as long as you wanted. And then someday you leave me for somebody new. Ain't no 
good life. Just like me Dreaming of old used to be The nightlife ain't no good life But it's my life That's Willie Nelson and the family band. And the other artist traveling with him that summer, opening up all the shows, was Casey Musgraves, another Texan. Here comes a song from Casey from that same show, live from the E-Town Archives, from 2016. Thanks for having us. Um, we got to tour with old William Nelson about three years ago, and it was one of the most enriching and fun tours that we've ever been on, so it's really glad, we're really glad to be back. We love him. And the family band, of course. So obviously we're kind of in a thriving metropolis, but is there anybody from a small town here tonight? We got some small towners. Me too. This one's about mine. Small to be me. Yeah, it's too dang small to be me. Too small to be lying. 
somebody's sister knows somebody's husband and somebody's daughter knows somebody's brother and around here we all look out for each other Thank you, Casey Musgraves and her band. We have time for one more song. This one from one of our absolute favorite musicians, not just favorite guitarists, but favorite musicians and humans, who was also on the very first E-Town show we ever did. I'm talking about Sonny Landreth. Before we get to that, I want to thank our production crew, James Tuttle, Todd Ayers. Special thanks to Helen Forster. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town.
This is a production of E-Town. There you have it, the best of 2016. So many good songs, so many great artists. And how about that visit to Willie Nelson's bus? I'm Nick Forster. Thank you for listening.